Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I recently became a gardener. I got some pepper, tomato, cucumber plants, and some, well, I'm getting some okra plants this week from my dad. After I planted them, I was amazed at how quickly the tomato and cucumber plants took off. They're really growing like crazy. And I realized pretty quickly that I needed to deal with the wild growth. That's when I started learning about suckers. Suckers are competing vines or stems that come off the central leader of a tomato plant or the main vine of the cucumber. So now every morning I go outside and I check my little garden. I do the same thing in the evening. I prune the wild growth and pull any weeds that I see. I am completely in charge of my garden. I get to decide the direction it takes and I control how fruitful it is through daily care, watering, weeding, and pruning. You can probably guess what I'm talking about today. Neville's lecture, The Pruning Shears of Revision, from 1954. In that lecture, he says, You are now in the Garden of Eden, and you think you are shut out or banished. You are in it, and the garden is your mind. But you need, like every gardener, pruning shears. For you have slept, and weeds have appeared in the garden, and the weeds are revealing themselves by the conditions and the circumstances of life. For your garden is always projecting itself on the screen of space, and you can see, by looking carefully at your world, what you allow to grow in the garden of God. Mm, I love that quote. In this lecture, Neville really goes into detail about how he revises his day. He says, at the end of my day, I review it. I don't judge it. I simply review it. I look over the entire day, all the episodes, all the events, all the conversations, all the meetings, and then as I see it clearly in my mind's eye, I rewrite it. I rewrite it and make it conform to the ideal day I wish I had experienced. I take scene after scene and rewrite it, revise it, and having revised my day, then in imagination, I relive that day, the revised day, and I do it over and over in my imagination until this seeming imagined state begins to take on to me the tones of reality. It seems that it's real, that I actually did experience it, and I have found from experience that these revised days, if really lived, will change tomorrows. Here's something that I did earlier today. I woke up in excruciating pain. The whole right side of my face was throbbing. From my chin all the way up to around my eyes, the entire right side on fire. It felt like I'd been hit with a bat on the side of my face. This was about five in the morning, and I decided right there, I'm not going to give life to this any longer. While lying in bed, I revised my little experience with the pain. I noticed the pain. I didn't try to drown out the pain with uh, affirmations. 
I acknowledged it, this pain, but I didn't give it any significance. I didn't run off on a tangent, wondering what it could mean. I decided right here in bed, or right there in bed, I'm not going to continue with this. I let it be okay. Yeah, there was pain. That's okay. And then I imagined waking up an hour later, laughing at my little episode, as if it was a distant memory, just a little fragment of a dream that I had. As soon as I did that, the pain dissolved, and I went back to sleep. I didn't go to war with it and start worrying about it or get frustrated. I let it be okay, knowing that I can't experience anything that I haven't first imagined and that I give life to anything and everything and I remove life from anything and everything. I let it be okay. And then imagine waking up an hour later and remembering in that little moment as if it was just a fragment of some distant dream that no longer applies to me. And the pain dissolved, and I drifted back to sleep. It's all imagination. And through imagination, we can truly alter our experiences. I love how Neville explains it in the quote I read a moment ago. We can change our tomorrows by revising the day we had or the moment we had. And why not do it with abandon? Of course, I revised the not-so-great parts of my days, like the one I just told you about. But I used to stop right there. I would revise the junk and leave the rest. I'd leave the it's-good-enough parts of my days and just focus on the really bad things. But Neville says the whole reason we're here is to know imagination, to know God. So what better way to get to know our true selves than moving in imagination every chance we get. So I revised the unlovely, and I changed the good enough stuff to something even better, completely changing my days and my tomorrows. You don't have to accept anything that's happened to you as final. You can revise it. I don't usually wait until the end of my day to revise everything, although I do review my day before going to bed. I will revise throughout my day, hearing what I want to hear in a conversation, changing anything that doesn't conform to my ideal day. And I'll take the really fun things and make them even more exciting. Remember, the whole reason we're here is to get to know our true selves, to know imagination. That's why I enjoy playing, doing this all the time. I never stop pruning. Let's say I'm dwelling in my ideal state and I see things appearing in my physical experience that confirm it. That doesn't mean that I won't need to prune, that I won't need to revise. Just like when my tomato plant started producing, I didn't say, great, I'm done, and stop tending the plant. No, I continue to nurture it, to pull the weeds and prune those suckers that I notice. Even though the plant is producing, I still train it. I keep the main stem and prune away those things that, even though they might produce fruit, aren't exactly what I want this plant to do. There's always an opportunity to revise, even when things are going well. The purpose of revision isn't just to fix the things we don't like, but to revise the good things into even lovelier things if you want. And in doing this, 
we get to know imagination. We get to know our true self. We prune those producing plants to bear even more fruit. My whole world is my garden. Neville says, you have a mission. You have a purpose. It is not to amass a fortune. You can do it if you want. It's not to be famous. It's not to be some mighty power, but to simply tend the garden of God. That's your purpose. You are placed in the garden to dress it and keep it, that only the lovely things grow in the garden of God. Neville is using the imagery of the garden, beautiful images. The garden is the kingdom of God, which is imagination. So like he always says, our divine purpose is to know imagination, to know God. From my experience, the best way to get to know imagination, my true self, is the constant intentional use of it for myself and for others. In the Bible, in John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. My awareness of being, imagination, is the vine. And everything and everyone are my branches. I cannot experience anything that is not rooted in me because I am the vine. So to change anything or anyone, I prune, I revise. It's all symbolic, the vine and the branches, the garden. I love the image of the garden though. More, uh, more now that I have my own little garden. I am the source of life of my garden. And if I turn my attention from the garden, some of the plants will die off, others will just grow wild. Weeds will overtake it unless I continue to lovingly care for it. I nurture it just like I nurture the state I want to objectify in my life. Speaking of gardens, I want to take a moment to recommend uh, you read Natalie Stroud's blog post on the Vi Project's website. Natalie wrote a beautiful blog post using the imagery of the garden. And uh, the web address is thevibeproject.org. Check that out. If you studied Neville at all, you've probably, you probably know about revision, revising our experiences to shape our lives into what we want. But in this lecture, he talks about revising for others, for there is no other separate from me, not really. Neville says, Now every man in the world is rooted in you who look out and see that world. Every man is rooted in me. He ends in me as I am rooted in and end in God. Because he is rooted in me, he cannot bear other than the nature the root allows. So he is in me, and any changes desired in the outer world can be brought about only if I change the source of the thing I see growing in my world. Knowing that I am the root, that I am the source, it serves me no purpose to battle things that seem to be outside of me. I don't judge it because I am the source of what I behold. So I turn within and prune. And as I revise, I see changes in the seeming others because I have changed or pruned that part of me that held a particular image of that other. Neville goes on to say, when I meet people tomorrow that today disappointed me, 
they will not tomorrow. For in me I have changed the very nature of that being, and having changed him, he bears witness tomorrow of the change that took place within me. It is my duty to take this garden and really make it a garden by daily using the pruning shears of revision. And as you do this, you see that no one is apart from you, and you forgive all. You can't help but forgive all. Neville says you cannot be free and not forgive. For the one that you would bind and judge and condemn anchors you by your own judgment of him, for he is in you. And so, by identifying him or her with the ideal that you want to really realize, you free yourself. Forgive and you are forgiven. It's automatic. You imagine wealth for someone. You're doing that for yourself as well. You see someone that is sick in poor health and you imagine them thriving, perfectly healthy. You are imagining perfect health for yourself. As you begin to practice it, the very spirit arouses itself within you. You forgive by putting that seeming other into a lovelier state. You change that part of yourself that holds that belief about them, that state, and imagine something lovelier, forgetting and forgiving their previous state because they're not their state, and your experience of them is rooted in you. So you forgive them by moving them, lifting them up out of the state they're currently in, into a lovelier state, a healthy state, a wealthy state, a thriving state. That is forgiveness. And then as you imagine for them, you imagine for yourself, because the branch cannot be different than the root. So by changing your image of the other, the branch, you change you. Here's one of my favorite quotes from this lecture. Do you know someone that is evil? Stop knowing it by bringing him before your mind's eye and carry on with him the most wonderful conversation in the world with a tender spirit, a loving spirit, and believe in the reality of this communion. Because if you really do it, you are entering the kingdom of heaven. For you enter heaven by a loving, knowing communion with a friend. And what feeling is better than love, right? If I hear a report on the news about some awful person, I imagine differently for them. If I notice some political figure is acting like an ass, then I stop knowing them as that by imagining something different for them. One thing I do when I'm aware of someone that is in an unlovely state or when I notice I'm imagining something about them that I want to change, maybe I've been irritated by something they said or did, anything at all that I want to change, that I, I want to redeem, I turn within. I imagine them standing right in front of me. I lean forward. I put my forehead to theirs and I look into their eyes and just love them. I stay in that moment let, as love permeates my entire being and them too. I'm not doing this with the intent to physically do that with them one day. I know what the, this little scene implies. I'm revising. I'm pruning my image of them, filling that gap where there was this image, this unlovely image, 
I'm replacing it with love, absolute love. And as, as I redeem them, I redeem myself. As I do that, any sense of them being something unlovely, which is my judgment of them, disappears and is replaced with love. I had someone in my life that was a drunk, an awful drunk. He was nice at the start of an evening, but after a few hours, he turned mean and just nasty. But we always said, well, that's just the way he is. We'll just have to put up with it. That's just him. Not true. He's always going to be exactly like that because that is what I know about him. That's what I'm imagining. He will continue to be that until I change what I am imagining about him. I redeem him. I forgive him by moving him into a lovelier state. It has to come from within me because that's all I can ever experience. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. You cannot help but do for yourself exactly what you're doing for another because there, there is no separate other. However you define another, you define yourself. When you judge another as something less than or unworthy, you're judging yourself because that image of them is within you. I wake up every morning knowing that my day is entirely up to me and that I am responsible for all that I encounter. This is my garden, so I'm going to prune and pull weeds as I see fit. I decide the direction it takes, making little adjustments here and there, making it conform to my ideal day. I prune wherever I go. When someone catches my eye while grocery shopping, maybe someone walking with a limp, I revise. I revise what I'm seeing. and I see them radiant and thriving with the bounce in their step. Now, I don't, I don't stalk them, follow them through the grocery store, waiting to see them uh, change their behavior or the way they're walking. I don't need to. I revise the image that I see of them into something wonderful, something lovely, and I keep going. I've planted the seed, I've revised my image, and I go about my day. I hear my son talking about his job. He may not even be complaining about it. It doesn't always need to be revising the bad into the good. So he's talking about his job, and I prune right there. As he's talking, I hear him telling me about a promotion that he didn't expect, or some other wonderful news about his job. I see someone's rage-filled rant on Facebook and I'll revise before scrolling past it. It takes just a moment. I imagine seeing an entirely different post from them, which implies they're no longer in that state where that rant came from. I'm sure you have at least one or two people that are your friends on social media who like to give life to doom and gloom. Instead of just scrolling past it and shaking your head at it, why not take a second and prune your vine? Revise what you know about them. It doesn't have to be the reaction I used to give others that I know. Oh, that's just the way they are. Oh, when will they ever learn? Geez, what a dumbass. Revise what you know about them. Get into the practice of revision. And you cannot help but get better acquainted with your imagination, with God, your true self. You build that relationship with yourself. And with that relationship comes trust, and you can absolutely trust imagination. You know by planting the seed, you've already felt it in imagination. 
it must come about in the physical arena because what happens in this physical arena only follows what you've imagined. It does, it's never the other way around. So you can trust imagination because with it, nothing is impossible. Stir it, wake it up from its sleep. While sleeping, your imagination has dreamed awful, misshapen states. And your world is bearing witness of the use or misuse of imagination. Neville says we have the freedom to exercise this divine art of imagining. And through it, we start to notice that we are the operant power. So we keep on using it, keep on imagining. And we get those wonderful goodies in life, those things we always wanted. And then we come to a point where we just can't deny who we are. Memory returns and you know you and the Father are one. You are the animating power of all you behold. Hmm. Here's the last quote from this lecture. There is no other way of saving self other than by saving the real self, and every man is rooted in you who observe men. And so, don't discard. Raise them up. Prune the tree and become the real gardener in the garden of God. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.